You're listening to Apolitical Politics, where we discuss the ins and outs of Oregon politics without being political. I'm your host, Dwayne Stark. Today's episode is the appointment process with special guest Jessica George, Oregon State Representative from House District 25 in Kaiser, Oregon. Well, hello, Representative George. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hello, Representative Stark. I am doing wonderfully today. Thank you. Excellent. Well, before we get going on to our topic of the day, will you tell me a little bit about you, your background, and how did you end up in office? Well, I was reflecting this morning. It's been uh, three months today, I think, since I was actually appointed. So it's been a little bit of a whirlwind here. But I have been involved in politics in some capacity for kind of in and out of my life. But before this appointment process, I was uh, helping my husband to run our hazelnut business. And then really my primary role there was being a stay-at-home mom of three kids. So we have three younger, middle to young kids right now. And they're a wonderful full-time job and very different than life at the Capitol, for sure. But it was uh, an interesting opportunity that came up and just decided to, to jump on it. And it's been it's been a journey for three months. That's awesome. Well, as a total aside, my daughter told me this morning as she was eating some hazelnuts that were packaged from your company, she asked me, why don't we have more hazelnuts in Grand Pass, Oregon? And I said I would talk to Rep. George to see if we can do something about that. So your hazelnuts are a hit in my household, just so you know. Good girl. Bye. Bye all the hazelnuts. So you were appointed, as you said, three months ago. Will you walk me through the process of being appointed to a vacant seat? Absolutely. First step is someone, a legislator, decides they're either no longer able to serve or no longer willing to serve, and they resign. And the whatever party that legislator belongs to, Republican or Democrat, it is now in their hands to choose, quote-unquote, the next, the next person to come in. And they're the first stop there. So the, the party, through their precinct committee people, is the first step, and then the county commissioners who represent the counties that are inside that legislative district are the next step. The parties choose no less than three, but no more than five candidates to go before the county commissioners, and then the county commissioners choose from there, and they are who ultimately uh, fills that appointment. So if the if the member was a Republican or a Democrat, if, if they're a Republican, then the Republicans get to choose. If they're a Democrat, the Democrats get to choose and so forth, right? Correct. Now, mm-hmm. say there's a vacancy and somebody wants to put their name forward, how do they how do they get their name forward for the PCPs to even look at it? Yeah, that's a great question. So you get in touch with the party. So you hear that this legislator has resigned their a Republican, you're a registered Republican, you think, I want to I seek this appointment. So you get in touch with your party. So like for, for me, I live in Marion County, and Marion County and Yamhill County are in House District 25. But Marion County holds two-thirds of that district, and Yamhill County only has about a third of it. So Marion County dealt primarily with this appointment process. They had a form to fill out that I actually think was through the state party, perhaps, because I think it's pretty regulated through that. But they were my point of contact. So if someone is wanting to seek that appointment, then you would get in touch with your county party, and they would give you the instructions from there. 
for your experience, were you a self-starter? You heard about it and you put your name forward, or were you recruited to, to put your name forward? A little bit of both. My husband, who had served in the Senate before, stays pretty involved in politics, and he saw that Representative Post had resigned. And so he brought it to me first, and, of course, my first reaction was, no, are you kidding we have three kids, we've got other things going on. And then we started talking about it and talking to other people involved in the process through various organizations that we work with. And they said, no, you really, you ought to look at this. Give it, give it another thought. And it was the time to take it on and something I was interested in. So a little bit of both, a little bit of self-starter, a little bit of someone else jumping in saying, no, you actually can do this, which was always nice to hear. I'm glad you did, by the way. I very much enjoyed working with you. Oh, thank so, you. you. You mentioned the PCPs. If someone's listening, they don't know what a PCP is. Will you give me just an overview of what is a PCP? Yeah, a PCP. PCP is a precinct committee person. And precincts are geographic areas inside of a county's uh, political party. So Republicans have precinct committee people, have these precincts that are filled with precinct committee people and Democrats do too. But essentially you, you take these precincts that are a certain geographical size and you take the number of registered Republicans inside of that precinct and you divide the number of registered Republicans by the number of registered appointed elected. I, I'm not actually, I think they're, I think they're appointed PCPs, precinct committee peoples. Uh, in, in those precincts. And that's how many votes each of those precinct committee people have to then use to vote for an appointment candidate. Was it a campaign? How do you convince them? Because you said they picked between three and five or so. How do you convince them to pick you among those three? And how does that play out? Yeah, for me, it was, it really was a condensed campaign over the course of two or three weeks. I got the list of precinct committee people in both Yamhill County and Marion County, keeping in mind that not every PCP in Yamhill County and not every PCP in Marion County would be in House District 25. So in my circumstance, it was just the PCPs in Newburgh, St. Paul, and Kaiser, and got their contact information through the party and set out to knock on doors, to introduce myself, make phone calls, write notes, really just put myself out there to have a conversation and introduce myself. And that was really important because I was in this appointment process with three other really wonderful qualified people who I'm, I've remained in contact with since then and am excited to, to be in this process with because they were really amazing people. But it, it was a big deal for me to, to put that extra effort in to meet all of the PCPs and let them know that I was serious and that, this wasn't just a, a seat warming thing for a year while I took this appointment, but I, I really wanted to do something with it. The campaign of it, I've always wondered how people would go about that. Is it just who you know, or you, in your instance, you went around to each individual person? Is it a, as extensive as people sending out mailers to them or phone calls or what, you know, is it you knocked on doors, you said, right? Yeah. I knocked on doors and made phone calls. We did send out a mailer. I think also something I kind of glossed over but is important is that not every PCP has the same number of votes. So 
if you're in a neighborhood that has a lot of registered Republicans, but you also have a significant number of PCPs representing them, they have a lower vote total to cast. If you, each of those PCPs have a lower vote to cast. If you are a precinct committee person who lives in a neighborhood with a lot of registered Republicans, but you're only maybe one or two of those PCPs in that area, you have proportionally a significant significantly higher number of votes to cast. So when you're seeking the appointment, yes, you absolutely want to talk to everyone you possibly can. But as you're looking at the timeline you have to actually reach out to these people, you do kind of want to prioritize those PCPs that have more votes to cast than maybe the one who have not, not quite as many to go your way. Interesting. I I never heard about that. Mm-hmm. Very educational. I appreciate it. Once they make a decision, do they put you forward as a ranked three or just as a slate for the commissioners to choose from? That's, it's different, I believe, depending on the situation. Because I don't know that every single one of those PCP meetings, they give the rank going into the commissioner meeting. I did come out on top of that, but I'm not sure that that was, shared with the commissioners the next day. Some of that was the tight timeline that I was under, but I'm actually not sure if that's true for everyone. We did know 100% coming out of the meeting that night what the rankings were. And I think it's also, to interject here just at that, that PCP meeting itself, the precinct committee people at, the, at their meeting, they can decide if they want to send three or if they want to send five. They just can't send more than five and they can't send fewer than three. So in my situation, they made, someone made the motion early in that meeting to only send three. So there were four of us there that night, which meant, which meant that one of us had to go home at the end of that evening and not go before the commissioners the next day. So th- there was a little bit of a, a filter going into the next day from that meeting. Did they have any sort of open debate or interviews? How'd that work out the night of yeah. the vote? It was forum in the sense that everyone had an opportunity, I think, and it's, it has a very tight timeline. You, I think it was three minutes to do an intro, kind of your elevator pitch of yourself. Everyone had that same opportunity. And then the precinct committee people in the audience had been given the time beforehand to write out questions. And that went to the head of the party. And you, I think we had 45 minutes, 40 minutes to read out those questions. And all of us candidates had an opportunity. I think we were limited to one or two minutes, maybe one, to just kind of give our best answer and pass the mic on to the next person. And then we had, I believe it was two minutes to close. All right, just for kicks here, were there any questions that threw you off that surprised you? That whole night is such a whirlwind. I think there were, you have to remember at the time that I was doing this in December, we had just been relocked down again, you know, in the summer. And so masking, uh, vaccinations, all of that kind of stuff was really hot on everyone's mind. So those were the majority of questions I feel like we talked about that night. But yes, going from being in politics, but not being in politics and deciding, okay, I'm doing this and then Three weeks later, I'm in front of all these people answering questions. Yes, there were definitely a few questions that, you know, kicking off Alzheimer's another year, right? Keeping my brain young. Yeah. It's a little different from going from being involved in politics to being 
the target in politics. So Absolutely. I, I, I imagine you did well because you came out on top there, which is fantastic. Now, so it went from the PCPs to the commissioners. What was the process with the, with the commissioners? Did they do an interview as well? And what did, how did that vote turn out? And is that weighted? Yes, it is weighted. The in, in my district, House District 25, as it currently is, Marion County is two-thirds of that legislative district, and Yamhill County is about one-third, and I'm simplifying that a little bit. But that matters because the, the county commissioners are more heavily weighted in Marion County with their votes than Yamhill County. So just to make it simple, we'll say that each Marion County commissioner had eight votes to cast, and Yamhill County county commissioners only had, we'll say, five votes to cast. Now, what's funny about this district is Washington County actually has about 17 houses represented in this legislative seat, but I think we had one county commissioner who called in, and she was lovely, but she had, I think, 0.5 votes to cast, right? So she was really, <laughs> she wasn't necessarily a huge part of it, but she she did. She got to ask questions, and she was engaged, and she actually was a great addition to the process. But as far as kind of the campaign side of it ahead of time, the counties handled it differently. Yamhill County, they were all, all three of them. Not everyone was from my party, and they're nonpartisan, but, you know, as far as maybe the party they – might be affiliated with they were all happy to talk to me and we had quick conversations just to introduce let me introduce myself but marion county had decided that they really they were just going to do their own thing and hear from us the day of the interview and that would be it when all of us candidates were together now as far as the campaign goes i did uh, reach out to some people in the the district who uh, I knew would support me to to give a few letters of endorsement just to say, hey, you know, we know Jessica, we know she's not coming from out of nowhere. We would love for you to consider her. So that was kind of part of the campaign process of it. I don't know how much it affected anything or not, but it was nice to go in knowing, okay, they've at least heard my name before. I would take a quarter of a vote any day because that could be the tiebreaker. You never know. Absolutely. Anytime. All the votes oh. count, and especially when it's a momentum thing, you know, it, you're, the votes aren't cast till the end. So any question they might offer could could help or hurt. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned the timeline. You said that you guys were kind of under a tight timeline. What is the, the timeline for replacing someone once there's an open seat? And what happens if that timeline isn't met? I believe you have 30 days that the party and the county commissioners have 30 days to appoint someone and if that doesn't happen then it goes to the governor to appoint so that's why there's they they do try to keep a pretty short time span between the time that the pcps select someone and then it goes to the county commissioners because heaven forbid something happened to one of the three before they got to the county commissioners and they're out of compliance and the governor gets to appoint so it's it's an important process that they they try to keep they they try to get it done sooner rather than later. If an everyday citizen heard about an open seat and decided they wanted to get involved, what would your advice to them be? I would say definitely think about it. This is an amazing opportunity for people to get involved and I would say easy time or easy phone calls to make would be, you know, call your party introduce yourself, try to meet some people, get out and talk to the PCPs, 
don't just talk to friends and family, but start the process of getting outside your comfort zone and making phone calls that might make you nervous but could lead to something really interesting and amazing. I would add to that that my experience with local parties is that they are generally very excited to hear from new people who want to get involved. And so that's not something anyone should ever shy away from. And you should expect a warm reception if you are reaching out to the party because they're going to say, hey, new new people, new blood. We we love to expand who we are and get to know more people. I would completely agree with that. That, that that. That was my situation as well. I received an incredibly warm welcome from both of the parties who were happy to have a fresh face. And like I said, the people that I was in the appointment process with, they were, are wonderful, incredible people, and they were involved in the party. So that was something I needed to, to really work at to, to get my name ID up because the, the party already knew these faces and names and knew that they were great, hardworking people. So it was not something to shy away from, but it was uh, an opportunity to, to get a new name and face in the process. Is there anything else you want listeners to know about our discussion today? Hmm. I would say give me a call if you ever want to go through this because I'm sure there's things I've forgotten to mention. But it is one of those fascinating things that is out there that you don't know you need to know until you're there. And I was fortunate enough to have some people who did understand the process to really help me walk through it, understand things like the precinct committee people vote numbers and and weights with the county commissioners. What might that look like to run a small campaign in a short amount of time? And and those were wonderful pieces of advice and uh, some mentoring I got along the way that really helped me. And I would highly recommend to just keep asking questions. Keep going until you find the answers. Thanks for listening. For more apolitical politics, check out apoliticalpolitics.org or dwaynestark.org.